Hello, today I'm back at it with a new series on the low-code, no-code evolution. So be sure to stay tuned for more episodes in this series. But uh, let's dive right in. So the term low-code, no-code, I mean, this has been a hot topic for the past couple of years, and it isn't about to slow down. It's predicted that the revenues of this low-code era could reach $187 billion by 2030. That's tremendous. This market is, is, is still exploding, still exploring, and uh, still defining itself. And uh, we'll see where that heads. There's a lot of apps on the market out there. But uh, first of all, where did this start? And let's lay some ground rules first. There are many tools and applications that have a no-code or a low-code component to them. I mean, think Excel, sort of. Uh, with data analytics, where you don't have to write code per se, but you still have those you know pesky formulas. Or think WordPress for creating websites. But, I mean, dang it, if you still don't need to understand HTML sometimes to create these web pages. But this isn't really what I'm referring to. So what I'm talking about is the category where it's these tools that allow you to create these intelligent apps. You know, really mobile-first, mobile-driven type of apps uh, for... Uh, mobile devices, your phones, tablets. And um, so a couple of earlier solutions in the market were Retool and Bubble that were out there. And um, I think they were first in there around the 2012-2013 timeframe. But these were quickly overshadowed by the big three. And what do I mean by that is Microsoft, Google, and AWS, uh, Amazon. So Microsoft has their Power Apps uh, as part of their Power Platform. Google has AppSheet. And AWS uh, introduced Honeycomb. Honeycode. Sorry about that. But uh, so interestingly, Excel, let's take that as a early precursor to this low-code app of today, will start it back in the mid-80s, um, <laughs> which is crazy. And also, what was even crazier is it was first released for Mac, not even for a Windows or DOS-based machine, but it was Mac. Um and so it's kind of a precursor to, you know, utilizing formulas to calculate data. So there was still some sort of effort. So this could fall into what we call maybe the low-code category. Now, fast forward, where does that leave us today? Uh, these app creation tools have come a long way since, they were, since their first inception. And, uh, but something to keep in mind is that there's still some element of code. Uh, I don't mean code like in you know, you're in Visual Studio and you're hammering out some code or uh, you're writing uh, SQL scripts all day or what have you. What I'm meaning is an element of, it's in the format of like formulas. So again, back to kind of the Excel type of experience where you're writing formulas where you can say this plus this does this, but instead of doing that type of approach, you say, hey, this button will uh, trigger this action and or open this screen. So you're doing some formulas. Um, however, these these formulas can be quite complex sometimes. I mean, to the point where you're asking yourself, I mean, why? Why are they so complex? And shouldn't it be more simple than this? So um, something that caught my eye recently that could fall into the... Um, no-code category was, um, you may have seen the press release on this, was that SAP recently purchased AppGyver. 
Uh, and AppGyver is a, is a no-code platform. Um, it still has an element. If you need to do formulas, you can, but you don't have to. Um, but it's basically meant to be a drag and drop. And recently, um, John Seifert uh, here at our company just did a, a quick summarization of that, and I'll, I'll put a link to that uh, in the description below um, to give his take on it. But I digress. So in all actuality, where does this leave us? So this may leave you as the customer out there trying to figure out what platform, what solution should we go with? Which tool should I use is the question. So maybe if I can leave you with a few tips today, and then we'll dive deeper into some of these other low-code, no-code areas throughout this series. But here's some tips I wanted to kind of get you started with during this um, first episode in the series. So if you could ask yourself a few questions, you know, what problem, gap, automation, you know, what, basically what is the need you're trying to fulfill? Uh, this would be, should be the most important thing you review first. It shouldn't be price first. It shouldn't be who's the best company with their app first. It's figure out what the issue is or the need you have that you're trying to solve first. Once you understand that, then that can help you find out what application you should go with. And something really important to look at is, is the application scalable? You don't want to be locked into something that can't grow as you grow. Make sure it's scalable. Next, obviously, is price is something to consider. Uh, but under the price, something I'd, I'd really like to leave as a tip is uh, a lot of these SaaS solutions out there, um, obviously cl cloud-based SaaS solutions, have an option for choosing between annual versus month-to-month. -month. So if you do have an annual commitment, you may not be able to cancel or you will not have uh, the option to finish out... Um, you, you'll probably have to finish out that annual commitment. So whereas with month-to-month -month option, this leaves you a little bit more flexibility with you know, uh, backing out if you're finding out that this doesn't work. Um, also, be sure to vet the capabilities. Um, this is vitally important. Uh, I mean, think about it. If you're building out a business-critical app that you're going to use within your organization and you get down the road so far and you find out the tool doesn't have something to fit the need or issue or gap that you're trying to uh, implement here, then you could be in a stuck position. However, don't discount the add-ins that are, exist. Many of these platforms and solutions have a um, app or solution marketplace that are can really fulfill niche specific needs. I'm talking about uh, you know for specific industries or for specific uh, roles or departments within your organization to help streamline or fill those gaps. So look for all these things, you know, but first thing I would recommend is start with what, what are you trying to fill or need you're trying to fill within your organization. So to wrap things up, the market is huge. It's going to continue to grow and explode. Now is the time to dive in and really encourage your citizen developers. Um, makers, creators, you'll see these buzzwords flying around a lot of times in these different places, but uh, encourage that. Don't discourage it. Yes, there's going to become a point where you need to make sure that your your IT department and is working with these citizen makers, creators, developers to where you have um, tight collaboration. Um, you know, Don't discount <laughs> shadow IT, but you need to understand why does it exist in the first place. Make sure there's a coming together of this. So 
market is huge, continue to grow, encourage citizen developers, and you know, the future is up to you. You know, which tool you use, what you develop, the creativity. And then, however, what I'd love to leave you with is I'd love to hear your stories. If you have some creative, awesome ideas, awesome stories with uh, solutions that you've come up with, interesting ways you've created uh, using these no-code, low-code solutions, let me know. I'd love to do like a video chat interview with you to hear how these stories ev- uh, of this solution evolved, how it's impacting your business, um, sort of how does it streamline processes in your organization, and maybe you know even the impact it's had on your customers. You know, of how you are, be- are better able to serve your customers uh, going forward. Um, so, in the next episode, stay tuned. I'll be back at it, exploring the different categories. For low-code, no-code platforms, yes, different categories exist, so we'll explore that. Until then, 